Here comes Schofield. Oh! Oh! Nastiness. Wait a second. Driving left, dunking right over Love. All right. You can do it. For penetration. Taken away by Hagens. Williams lobs it up. Oh! The slam. Jordan Bowden on a rock attack. Well, I, I do like length. That's what she said. Once. Williams draws the double, hesitates. Extra feed. Oh, look out! That's a man's jam! Admiral Schofield! Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Crazy, crazy week in Tennessee basketball time. Could have been even crazier week in Tennessee basketball time. Spring football, almost done time. Tennessee baseball, doing something significant time. Tennessee women's basketball, Lady Vols, new coach time. What a time to be a lifetime. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you here from the Fort Rucker sunroom. Sadly, still not the studio. I was hoping that everything would get done there, but it seems like it's apparently still, oh, I don't know, probably a few days away. A couple more adjustments they have to make to the floor, and then we will be back in the studio. But right now, I'm in the Fort Rucker sunroom, uh, but I'm not the only one on this podcast. From the Blunt County Satellite Office, I believe is what we're calling it, the Blunt County Satellite Office uh, is Grant Ramey. What's up, Grant? Satellite's correct, uh, because I'm closer to the airport, which means I could get to the moon faster. I believe that's what, how we settled it last week. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's been established. So, so we've gotten to that point. should tell you right now, we're recording this on a Thursday night. We're going to drop this for you on a Friday morning. And normally in this spot is the Football Friday podcast. Uh, but this week, we're going to change it up a little bit, because if we did a Football Friday podcast, and then they had a, a spring football game on Saturday, not going to be a lot of shelf life on that one. So we're going to We're going to try to record something after Saturday's orange and white football game, 6 p.m. Eastern, Neyland Stadium, uh, TV network, I believe, on SEC network. It will be uh, free attendance for anyone who chooses to go. I think the weather forecast is not great, but uh, it should be an interesting day anyway. Lots to talk about there, and we will have plenty to break down with Tennessee's football program after spring camp. There will be a lot of positives, a lot of negatives, a lot of question marks, a lot of of things. I I think overall a step in the right direction, but still – uh, still a lot of work uh, to be done there, but I, I think overall uh, to be determined by how it goes Saturday. But I think overall it's probably been more more so an optimistic kind of kind of controversy free spring than anything else. Uh, but what was not uncontroversial, uh, double negative there was Sunday night. I believe we're all sitting here and we had just recorded a podcast a couple of days before. We're talking about Tennessee basketball. You know the biggest storylines of this off season were going to be. Was Jordan Bone going to come back? Uh, was Grant Williams going to come back? Or were they both or, or neither one of them going to go to the NBA draft? We knew they were putting their names in the hat. Were they going to pull them back? Uh, we, we thought kind of that would be the big storyline of the, of the offseason. And then, you know, how would they react to those guys leaving? Would they go get grad transfers? Would they just kind of rely on what they have now? So sort of a sort of a standard kind of offseason when you're a top, you know, 10, top 20-ish program and you're, you're building toward – uh, going up the ranks, and it just seemed like a kind of a you know there. It's not like it was going to be a, a an unnewsy or or an off season full of no news whatsoever, but it seemed like it was going to be kind of a, a standard garden variety off season. And then boom, about eight thirty p.m. Eastern on Sunday night, I believe our own Evan Daniels from twenty four seven Sports uh, breaks that Tennessee and Rick Barnes are in serious negotiations with each other, and that Barnes was the primary candidate. Grant, I, I don't know. I wasn't around you when when that news kind of came out. My jaw hit the floor. What was your reaction? Uh, I almost thought I could brush it off at first because it seemed so kind of uh, outlandish. You, you don't really kind of in this day and age expect uh, as much info that is out there on social media and the, the 24-7, 365 news cycle to be that kind of stunned and taken back on your heels. But I mean, that was stunning. Not only that he was a candidate, which I thought at first, I mean, it sounds like lip service, like UCLA is just throwing a name out there and, and hoping something sticks. But 
uh, it felt like Sunday night. I mean, talking to Evan Daniels and everybody else kind of involved in this situation, uh, that UCLA felt like they were going to make it happen. Yep. Uh, so Sunday night, they felt like uh, they about had the deal done. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I think maybe they thought if that news hadn't surfaced, if they had kept it under the radar, maybe they would have got it done before uh, before Tennessee had a chance to counter and all that stuff. And, and, and you know, the end, the end of the story is what it is. Rick Barnes is still here. But uh, I think I quoted – Clark Griswold on our message board at some point Monday, uh, as long as Monday was that, uh, when he says he wouldn't be any more surprised if he woke up tomorrow and his head was sewn to the carpet. Uh, I felt like eight thirty Sunday night, my, my head got sewn to the carpet and it stayed there until about 10 o'clock Monday night. Yeah. I should say, I should clarify something. I say my jaw hit the floor at first. My eyes kind of rolled. That was, that was my very first like instantaneous reaction because I thought at the time, well, yeah, UCLA's been kind of striking out for a while on this coaching search. You know, they want to throw some big names out there to to make their people think they're still going after some big targets and yada, yada, yada. We've covered enough coaching searches to know that everything you hear is not necessarily 100% what's actually going on. But since it was Evan who was reporting it, and since I know Evan and trust Evan, uh, eventually that kind of that, that kind of, I guess, I don't know what you would call it, that, that sort of uh, jaded thought that we all have I, that kind of went away and I thought wait there might something might be something here and then talked to a couple people talked to Evan talked to some others and really quickly then my jaw started hitting the floor uh, because it kind of sunk in like wait what's happening here uh, and, and you start to wonder at that point okay with Rick Barnes age uh, is this something that uh, you know, UCLA just you know it's a blue blood program it's one of the best if not the best program in the history of college basketball and if you're a certain age like Rick Barnes is, you know, UCLA was just so dynastic during that time. Did he just think of that as something like, well, I've gotten close to Texas, not quite gotten it. I'm getting closer at Tennessee, but I'm not quite there. Maybe I got to go to UCLA to win a title. Uh, so my, my, my mind started racing towards all those things. And then you have some more conversations and you find out, whoa, Rick Barnes has some pretty serious grievances here against the University of Tennessee. And I think that caught Philip Fulmer off guard. I think that kind of caught everyone off guard a little bit, maybe except for Rick Barnes. But it just seemed like the the size of whatever disconnect was there, uh, it seemed to be a lot bigger than, I'll be honest, bigger than I thought it was. What were your thoughts about all that? Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes back to how kind of stunning it all was because, uh, I mean, think about, where Tennessee basketball is sitting on Sunday night, they, they're what a week, uh, maybe two weeks removed from uh, tying a single season record with 31 wins, uh, getting back to the Sweet 16 for the first time since uh, 2014 when a coach also bounced after that Sweet 16 run. Yep. Uh, they've never, they've, they've literally never had this much success in back to back seasons with 57 wins. They've been ranked for 35 straight weeks. Uh, everything about this Tennessee basketball program under Barnes had just kind of kept trending the right way. And everybody loved these teams the last couple of years. Uh, they loved the personalities on these teams. They loved how this coaching staff had taken a roster, you know, that, that stat with the, the no top 100 players and turned it into what it was, a, a, one of the best, most consistent winning uh, teams in the country the last two years. And boom, here's Rick. And, and it's more than just... I'm, I'm going to listen so I can get a little raise, a little bump in my pay. No, this was serious. This was a, uh, this was not just, I'm trying to get a little bit more money. This was, this was going down the line and really looking into this. And, and Rick was in Minneapolis, uh, Saturday and Sunday to collect the Naismith award for coach of the year. And, and when you're a power five coach looking for a power five job, that's where you're going to talk to another school. And, and he was there and, and Rick is his own agent and, I mean, the LA Times reported Sunday night after Evan Daniels broke it that uh, not only had there been an interview, but Rick was likely to accept it uh, if the formal offer was there. Yeah, and this and, is the LA Times we're talking about here. Yeah, this isn't just uh, some run-of-the-mill small town who knows who's reporting this. It's it's the LA Times, and uh, I think there was some serious consideration there uh, for, for whatever reason. And that's the other thing you try to figure out 
what's going on here? What's the problem in Tennessee? It seems like everything is so uh, sunshine and rainbows and everybody's, uh, you know, pulling on the same end of the rope and everybody's in lockstep and, and moving the right direction. Everybody's said the right things. And, and Rick and Fulmer are hugging on the court after they beat Georgia uh, last year to, to clinch the SEC and all that stuff. Uh, but apparently, you know, uh, you talk to as many people as you can talk to. And, and the word that kept coming back to me was uh, appreciated. It, it didn't feel appreciated. And I don't know if that was money. I don't know if that's assistant money. I don't know if there's, you know, not enough attention uh, for the basketball program from the AD. I don't know. There's there's a lot of kind of layers to this onion to try to peel back and figure out what the real reason is here. But uh, as much respect as Rick has for the UCLA basketball program and all that history that's there, uh, for him to think about picking up and leaving Knoxville, Tennessee, where he fits like a glove and going to Los Angeles, uh, where he's going to be a 65-year-old coach starting over and trying to lay that foundation all over again four years later. And it's for a different program at UCLA. At Tennessee, if you go to two eights, you might get a statue. Uh, if you go to UCLA, nobody's, nobody's batting an eye until you're back in the Final Four on a consistent basis, not just one run to the final four. So just everything about it makes you wonder kind of what's really going on here behind the scenes. Yeah, because just to, to sort of frame this up, you alluded to some of this. Rick Barnes right now is 64 years old. He'll be 65 years old here before too long. And this is a guy who, when he took the job, you know, at Texas or whatever, he was so loyal to that program for so long. Could have gone to Kentucky, didn't take the job. Could have gone other places, didn't take the job. And he did not leave Austin until basically an ultimatum was put to him to get a new staff or be gone. And he would not, because he's loyal to his guys, he wouldn't do that. So all of a sudden, he's uprooting everything he's known for the past two decades. But uh, as far as landing spots go, Knoxville's a pretty soft one because he's a lot closer to his home in Hickory, North Carolina. He and his wife both from that area. Their families are both still there. You know, they've got a lot of connections to that area. His wife... Uh, you know, went to the University of Tennessee, so they both are familiar with the town. And, and then he goes there, and he, I mean, he's like the unofficial mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee right now. He goes everywhere. He's a man of the people. People love him. He, he's just kind of, you know, he's 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 Reverend Barnes. I mean, everybody, everybody has a pretty solid opinion of the guy. He's beloved here and fits this area, as you said, like a glove. So this looked for all the world like a situation where Rick Barnes would retire here. And the worst-case scenario would be that the program, after some really great years, you know, kind of petered out a little bit, kind of faded, and, and then he kind of got to go gracefully put out to pasture, and he's still beloved in this area. And that whole thing, that just nothing about that situation to me screamed warning. Nothing about that looked like it was a problem. But I guess what it comes down to in some cases, if you're working for the athletic director who did not hire you, you have a different level of concern. And you, you just, there was something there. And again, we've not spoken, you know, on the record to, to Rick uh, throughout this process. We're, we're still waiting on, you know, getting back to him from a couple things. But in dealing with, and I've talked to some people around him, Grant, I'm sure you've spoken to even more, much more people around him. There were some actual concerns here. And, and to try to unpackage all of that, I think would be a little bit um, maybe unfair, maybe inappropriate because we don't, know 100% of the story right now, but I think we can get to the gist of it and that he did not feel like either himself personally or his program was being appreciated at the appropriate level. Now, what does that mean? Maybe that means he believes his assistants especially should be getting more money. Uh, it also could mean that he wants his support staff to have more money. It also could mean it could mean that he wants more interaction with the athletic administration. He wants the athletic director around more. He wants to not go pick up the National Coach of the Year trophy and have no one from the administration go with him to do that. There were some things there that, you know, maybe what this came down to to me a little bit was Philip Fulmer got caught off guard by this almost as much as anybody did, and if this deal had not worked out for Tennessee, that would have been a pretty nasty blight on Fulmer's resume as Tennessee's athletic director. But as he was able to do in recruiting, he got in a room one-on-one, -on -one, he sealed the deal, he got Barnes back. And I think some of this stuff, now the question is, can these two guys get right back on the same page or close to it 
Um, can there be better harmony here or has have some bridges not been burned, but been maybe uh, lit up a little bit? Uh, I, I don't know exactly where this goes from here, but I can tell you, Grant, I think Philip Fulmer was just as surprised as a lot of other people were. Yeah, and 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 let's be upfront. These aren't irreconcilable differences. Correct. Because if they were, Rick would be at UCLA right now. Uh, and but if, I don't but think if they did, But if they didn't exist, he wouldn't be even talking to them. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, I, I can I can respect Rick saying it's the lure of UCLA basketball that had his attention, uh, and when they come when they come calling, you you take that phone call and listen because it's UCLA. I know how much respect he had for John Wooden, uh, and some of, some of the time they got to spend together, uh, you know, later on, kind of down the road. But yeah, they're not irreconcilable differences, but they do exist, whatever they are. And Rick took this chance, took this opportunity when he knows he has the leverage based on the last two seasons uh, to say, I want these fixes, whatever they are. I want this to get changed, corrected, uh, adjusted, or I'm going to go start over uh, at a new school, at a new place. Um, Whatever the reason is, they got to kind of get back to square one uh, and fix things. Uh, Obviously, uh, Fulmer put out that statement as soon as Rick decided he was going to stay, and, and he actually used the word "appreciated" yep. uh, in the in that statement, which kind of uh, kind of caught my eye after hearing it so much. The the Commitment. previous whatever it was, twenty six hours, right, right. And I mean, that's money. He's going to get a lot more money. He's going to be one of the highest paid coaches in the in the country. And and when you do that, obviously, uh, Sweet Sixteens don't cut it. But that's that's a different conversation. I think there's always reservations for a basketball coach when you're working for an athletic director who comes from football. Uh, and in this case, you're a football coach turned athletic director, a first time AD who's, who's still kind of learning on the job. He, he never had any of these uh, experiences as an AD that he's had in the past however many months he's been on the job now. Um, so, I, and, and football and basketball, when you're around those programs, they're different worlds. They think different, they act different. Uh, it's just a different world. So, they got to get back on the same page, uh, repair some stuff because Rick's going to be here for a while at the current rate and the current deal, and he's going to make a lot of money. Uh, so they're, they're going to need to be on the same page. Yeah, I, I think that, and again, I have no interest in defending Philip Fulmer. Uh, Tennessee does not pay me a dime, nor does he. But but part of me, as I was going through this process, you know, and because and you're kind of, when the moment's happening, it's hard to think about why it's happening. You're just thinking about what's going on. After you figure out what's going on, you can think about why it's happening or why it did happen. And, and I think part of this uh, is understandable from Fulmer's side from through this lens. When he came to Tennessee, he made no bones about it that he his biggest priority was to get football going. Now, that's what Dave Hart said. Uh, that's what every athletic director who has ever been or ever will be at Tennessee has to say because football drives that economic train. Uh, you're not maybe quite as dependent on it as you were uh, during, you know, now you've got the SEC network money, which helps things. But still, the money you can make from football can benefit and can fund your entire operation athletically and then some if you do it right. So for the for the pride and prestige and the pure finances of the situation and with former being a football guy, he made no bones about it. He his biggest priority was to help football get going. Now, does he do too much in that area? I don't know. Uh, I know he does a lot, uh, but he said he was going to do that, and he was expected to do that, and that's what he's doing. So there's hardly a surprise there. On top of that, I think he had to spend some time, maybe more so than he even normally would with women's basketball, because you had to monitor whether you wanted a coaching change there. Then you actually had to go through the coaching change. Then you had to go interview coaches. So he was distracted with a lot of that stuff too. And I think when you put those two things together, I don't think it's the worst crime in the world. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of negligence there. Um, but I, I think that's natural when you think about the situation. I don't think it's excusable, but I think you say, okay, I can at least understand why given these parameters, you may have thought, well, men's hoops is humming right along. Rick and I are going to talk after the season when after the women's basketball thing and spring practice gets done. We're going to hammer out a new deal. He's going to talk about what he wants, and we're going to move forward. I think Fulmer was really taken aback 
um, by how much was happening here. And I don't think 100% of it is his fault. I think a good percentage of it is, but I don't think this is a deal where Fulmer dropped the ball necessarily. I don't want to put all of this on him. No, and I don't think it should all be on him. Uh, you know, you have to learn kind of as you're going when you're Fulmer because of the way he uh, got the job, uh, kind of just taking over after that John Curry uh, disaster. Uh, I can't even remember the dates now, whenever that was, December uh, 20, whatever it was, 17, 18, I can't remember. Uh, but you kind of have to, I mean, part of an AD is, is keeping everybody on campus happy, uh, whether that's, uh, obviously football is going to be a priority because you want to get that fixed, like you said, because that's going to be the, the engine that drives all the rest of this. Uh, when Tennessee basketball is rolling, obviously, as we've seen the last two years with uh, what it's been like at Thompson Bowling Arena and kind of the fan love affair with these teams. It's it's really special when Tennessee basketball gets rolling. So obviously that's a that's a big priority. And obviously uh, Lady Ball coaching changes are not exactly something that's uh, uh, happening every other year and something that's a that's a normal occurrence. But uh, it's it's something that Fulmer's going to learn from. And 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 Rick Barnes is, is he's a very genuine person. The 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 guy you see on camera is basically the guy you see off camera. Yes. Uh, and not all head coaches are like that. Uh, but something you don't see a ton of from Rick Barnes, just because you kind of got to get to know him to really see how he uh, operates. He's a thousand percent confident in his own abilities. Oh, there's an ego uh, there. Yes. He's a thousand percent comfortable in his own skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is zero filter from his brain to his mouth. Uh, and not in a mean way or a, uh, not just not in a nasty way, but he's just going to say what he thinks. Uh, he's going to let it fly because he's done what he's done and he's going to keep doing it that way. Uh, and yeah, there's an ego there. And I think those egos are kind of what separates a lot of these coaches. Uh, it's all there. It's all, but it's a matter of how much of it's there. And I think this was maybe, I don't, I don't know how the perception of Rick Barnes changes with Tennessee basketball fan base. Uh, but this was a kind of a glimpse into, kind of that side of him that he's going to get what he wants uh, and he's going to do it the way he does it uh, because that's just the way he operates. Yeah, very few coaches right now in the college basketball world have more wins than he does. So uh, when you have that stature, when you're probably a future Hall of Famer, you you have some clout. Uh, And what I kept wondering, and I still don't have an answer for this because I haven't figured it out myself and maybe I just haven't talked to enough of the right people, but what I can't figure out is how much of this, from Barnes' point of view, was justifiable versus how much of it was a little bit of vanity. That's what I don't know yet. Now, let's be you know let's be clear about this. Every head coach that I have ever covered that has been successful, and even most of the ones that weren't successful, they all have ego, they all have vanity, and if they didn't have those things, they probably wouldn't have the personalities to recruit and build teams and take young men and women and improve them and, and win championships and win a bunch of games. You need all those things in doses to make that happen. But I, I do think this maybe I don't think it it knocks people back too much with Rick Barnes. I, I don't think it it um I don't think it changes too much, but I do think it, it takes him a little bit out of the clouds and it makes him a little bit more like everybody else. That's not a terrible thing. But I think there was this sort of reputation of Rick as the right Reverend Rick Barnes and everything, the whole, you know, the whole way, just straight and narrow, you know, thinking about being unselfish and being all these other things. And, and, and he is a lot of those things. He, he very much is. But I do think this knocks him back down to reality a little bit with people. And if the numbers that we're hearing with this contract are accurate and it's not been uh, – as far as I know, maybe it has been signed, maybe it hasn't been. Uh, it's always interesting because Rick is his own agent, so you know that that changes things a little bit with paperwork and lawyers and all those things. But if this is anywhere near the four seven four seven five four eight range that I've been hearing people talk about, that would make him, according to last season's figures, the third highest ranked, third highest paid coach in college basketball, because th- this was last season. And again, we don't know that these numbers with Barnes are accurate. But let's let, let's just imagine that that's in the ballpark. Last season, I believe, uh, right now, or John Calipari 
9.2 or $9.27 million per year. What we know of Mike Krzyzewski's deal is $7.05 million per year. Not 7.5, 7.05. Third place last season, Tom Izzo, Michigan State, $4.16 million per year. So if Rick Barnes is making anywhere near that 4.7, range, anything like that, by last season's figures, that's the third highest ranked, third highest paid coach in college basketball. That would be more than Izzo, more than Bennett, more than Self, more than Roy Williams, more than Jay Wright, Beeline. You go down the list, he would be making more than all of those guys. And, and again, with the market, you're worth what someone is willing to pay you. And I don't begrudge anyone for getting every cent they can get every day they can get. I don't care if you are a college coach. I don't care if you are a professional athlete. I don't care if you're like, you know, Joe, you know, Joe Schmo, Jane Doe, John Doe working a regular old nine to five job. I don't care who you are. If you want to get every cent you can for yourself and your family, I think you have every right to do that. So I'm not going to criticize at all what one of the winningest coaches in college basketball is making. But I will say that if those numbers are even remotely true, that takes pressure up a notch. And that's the softest way to put it, isn't it? Uh, I think, I think it, I mean, it, it, it doubles uh, kind of the expectation. If, if you're looking at this as a Tennessee basketball fan, it's like, here's, here's Rick Barnes demands. Uh, they've been met financially uh, and otherwise. And okay, here are your demands at this point, because uh, you know, getting to a sweet 16, that still means something for Tennessee basketball. Uh, but when you're one of the highest paid coaches in college basketball uh, and you have what's assumed to be more money for your staff in a in a off season of uh, potential staff turnover, which we've already seen and, and could see more of. Yeah, it's it's to still to still the phrase that Rick has used to me before the table's set. Uh, it's time to sit down and do something about it. Uh, and, and maybe this from Rick is has been building. Uh, when it comes to money, because I thought it was strange. Uh, it was very obvious after that 26-9 and nine season uh, last year that a raise and extension was on the way uh, because that was their breakout season under Barnes, uh, and the season ends in March, and that doesn't that raise doesn't get announced, and the extension, even though it is a million-dollar raise and a three-year extension, doesn't get announced until uh, September. Uh, that, that was a long time to sit on it. I was expecting... Uh, just kind of the way I thought it would work. That would be as soon as the season's over. Okay, here's your new contract. Let's keep going. I see. Uh, I, I, I wonder with Rick not having an agent, how much that plays into some of that stuff. And I don't know. And, and you could go back to Rick getting that NCAA level three violation self-reported when he had to pay Des Oliver out of pocket uh, to make him even with another assistant. And that was before Fulmer. Uh, I can't remember who the AD was at that point. Uh, yeah, there were a lot kind of them. Right, they all kind of blur together. But maybe it was just something that was building. And, and I'm sure Rick went to Fulmer uh, and made a point that, you know, Jeremy Pruitt can hire a $1.5 million coordinator and a $450,000 wide receivers coach and a million-dollar defensive coordinator, uh, and nobody blinks an eye. Uh, and, and football's going to get that priority. But I think he wants that kind of freedom uh, with the basketball program. Obviously, I, I don't think it was all about his money. Uh, I think Tennessee was competing with that UCLA offer the best they could uh, in trying to lock him down, which they probably have at this point. Uh, but he's already hired one coach. He could have to hire another one if, if Des Oliver gets the job at Kennesaw State, which is uh, still a possibility. Uh, so he's going to have some money to throw around in, in a, a really important season, offseason moving forward uh, because of what could potentially be changing with this basketball team uh, personnel-wise. But, but regardless – of who's on your roster, at what point it is, if it's a down year, if it's a reloading year, whatever, the expectations are higher because of how much money you're making. Uh, and 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 what I get, what I gather from that, one of my first takeaways is the Roy Williams of the world, the Izzos, the Selfs. Uh, if he stays at Kansas, all these guys, they're celebrating right now because they're seeing this contract that Rick Barnes got after beating three NCAA tournament teams at Tennessee, all double-digit seeds, what, 10, 14, 15. Uh, they've had a ton of success, 
but now he's getting a ton of money, so there's going to be a lot of other raises on the way too. Yeah, and to be clear, I, we heard that UCLA was offering in the five million dollar range per year, and for for ten, you know, for UCLA to actually match what Barnes was making now, it would have had to pay him a lot more than that because you have California income taxes, uh, which are some of the highest in the country, and you've got uh, the the standard of living or cost of living in L.A., which is one of the highest in the country. It's not like San Fran or New York high, but it's pretty high. And uh, obviously it's one of the most expensive places in the country. I mean, it's Hollywood, for God's sake. But but when you throw all that figure out, I forget, I think it was something where UCLA would have had to pay him almost like a million plus more or or, or – the, the parameters, when you look at $5 million per year, uh, that would have been in actuality basically a $300,000 uh, pay cut for Rick Barnes, depending on what, you know, based on what he made at Tennessee. So I didn't say that the best way, but what I'm trying to say is $5 million a year at UCLA would have been a pay cut from right. from the, what was it he was making last year, the $3.25 million he was making at Tennessee. So right. that's all relative. So I, I think, but, but, but what that said to me was that it's not all about the money. Uh, it's clearly about other things. And that that's what made it even more interesting to me because then, you know, you had Conzo Martin who went out to California, took a pay cut more or less because of that same reason when he went from Tennessee to Cal. So, you know, and that was a whole different set of circumstances. But when you look at that, I don't think this is all about the money but I think the money was a part of it, at least for other people, as much as it was for Rick. But if they had to pay that much to sort of, you know, kind of apologize to him or to show a statement to him, a commitment to him that they were going to do this, uh, that adds a lot of pressure. Because you think about it like this, any time that uh, I was at any job I've ever had, uh, when, you know, from the Chattanooga newspaper to here, anytime I've gotten, you know, whatever, you know, the anytime I've gotten a, a salary increase or anytime that 24-7 we do the multi-year contracts or whatever, every time I've got a new contract and the money's gone up, they have said, listen, this is an appreciation for what you've done to this point, um, but it's also this means we want even more from you. And so you think about it, if, he, if he's – you put it in that context – Rick Barnes, if he goes from 3.25, if he gets like a $1.5 million per year increase or whatever it is, that's that's a lot. That's like 50% of what your salary – I mean, it's like a 50% raise in pay. That That's a lot of money, uh, almost that much, or I should say. I suck at math. But that that's a lot. And now all of a sudden, you know, getting to the Sweet 16, you know, uh, being near the top of the SEC every year, for that much money, you're cutting down nets or you're going to have a problem. Yeah, and, and there is some kind of precedent for this money being thrown around. I mean, Buzz Williams got hired at A&M uh, for, I think, right at $4 million, something like that. So, Which is more uh, than Roy will, Williams made last year. <laughs> right, which is just kind of crazy. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's following uh, college football and, and, the, and the craziness. And, and that's I mean, we haven't even mentioned that uh, Rick Barnes sitting here today probably makes more than Jeremy Pruitt, which is a bizarro world to think at the University of Tennessee, uh, the basketball coach at any time could be making more. I think that happened uh, once with the, Bruce Pearl, but it's very rare. Yeah, it's it's extremely rare. And, and Rick has gone from uh, 2.25 to 3.25 to sitting here at whatever he is uh, north of of four million, and and it's considered at the end of the day, it's it's a win for Fulmer, uh, because whatever problems were there, you 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 corrected them, or you you said whatever was needed to be said, and did what was needed to be done to keep him here, uh, because if you look at it, if if Rick had gone, if if he had snuck out and and signed the deal with UCLA, and was done Sunday night when this stuff surfaced. Uh, whatever was built here crumbles because quickly Rick Rick's gone. Uh, Mike Schwartz is going to be on his staff at UCLA. I would almost guarantee it because he's an he's an LA guy. He he, he knows that UCLA program well. Uh, you already had Rob Lanier gone to Georgia State. You already had Des Oliver talking to Kennesaw State uh, and being a, a one of probably two finalists for that job and, and probably the front runner. You're you're not getting Josiah James. Uh, even Drew Pember, a Knoxville kid, uh, in your backyard would probably be wondering what's going on there. You're not getting Grant back. He's probably going to the NBA if you're gone. Jordan Bones probably be gone regardless. Uh, seems like he wants to go to the NBA. I mean, it would just have been 
you know, you, you would feel sorry for Jordan Bowden and Lamonte Turner and those guys having to deal with kind of that kind of change. But like we said, it, it, it's, it's, it's been fixed. It's been resolved. You've got your guy under contract, uh, learn from it, move forward and be better for it, uh, on all ends. Yeah. So some of the, you know, I come from a, from a big, like a big kind of loud Catholic family. And so some of the best relationships you have within that family are built kind of via conflict, not like serious conflict, but like having serious discussions, getting things out in the air, getting things open. You know, we don't let things simmer, uh, in my family. Grant, you're pretty quiet. I imagine y'all are very different, but in my family, that that's kind of how you deal with things. You get them out there. You're very frank about it. You, you're very open and honest about it. And then it either gets solved or it doesn't, but it doesn't just sit there. And so if this was a deal where Barnes and Fulmer were not even close to being on the same page as much as Fulmer thought they were, I think this can help them get there because this is one of those uh, sort of professionally near-death experiences almost. Uh, because if you're Fulmer, that's really embarrassing if that goes... Um, if that goes the other way. And, and I think getting back onto the same page with Rick uh, can do nothing but help both of them moving forward, provided that Tennessee basketball keeps winning. Uh, I, I think that could get them both kind of square with each other. And they, they probably, uh, I guarantee you, they know more about each other now than they did about four or five days ago. And I think that's a good thing. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And, and that's, that's who Rick is. Uh, he's he's not gonna waste time. Uh, he's not gonna he's not gonna say things just because you want to hear them. Uh, he he treats other people the way he treats his players, which is why would I not be honest with you, uh, or why would I not express how I feel uh, to get this? I mean, he he went in Pratt Pavilion, which is you know what a, a decade old maybe at this point, and, and still kind of state of the art kind of basketball practice facility in college hoops. And he said, I want to, I want to move this wall and expand the weight room and make these changes. And they, they drove the blueprints. Uh, I think this was under Dave Hart and they made those changes and, and he went into Thompson bowling arena and there's a cement wall, uh, between, you know, the first row of the stands and the bench and it was painted orange. And Rick said that stands out too much, paint it gray. And they ended up painting it gray. Uh, and that's what this guy does. He's going to walk in, uh, and if it's in within his operation within basketball, uh, and he doesn't like it, he's going to speak up. And and you would imagine, uh, yeah, you put it well that that you're going to know a guy a lot better uh, after that 24, 28 hours, whatever it was, uh, than you knew before. And, and just before we move on, talk about just a couple other things and get out of here. I will say that just how much this caught everybody off guard. I won't say which player it was, uh, but I spent part of. Uh, today when we're recording this, which is Thursday, uh, talking to one of Tennessee starters. And he, I asked him just kind of, you know, what was that, what, what was that day like for you? And he just kind of looked and started grinning and was like, man, you probably knew more than I did. I mean, this whole thing. And that, that's, that's the truth. That's I mean, truth. it just, it, it hits you out of nowhere. And these players are sitting there going, you know, they're panicking. They're texting people. You know, they're 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 texting Barnes, they're texting other people on the staff, they're trying to get a hold of anybody they can uh, to say, or even some reporters and saying, what 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 the heck's going on here? Uh, because that's the life of a player, and it's really unfortunate that you know these guys go sign to play. You know, you say don't go play for the coach, but in all reality, that's a huge part of the equation. So a lot of these guys go sign to play for a head coach, and if if he's thinking about going, you know, uh, even if they understand it, it hurts, and there's really. Uh, until very recently, nothing much they could do about it. And and that is, uh, that's unfortunate. And that's why I think there should be anything the NCAA does to allow more player movement, I, I think is a good thing. Anything that fosters that environment and they're doing that now. Uh, but but just to kind of underscore how much, how much that shocked everyone, uh, that, that even, even one of Barnes' own players with starters was like, I, I, I didn't know what was happening. So, uh, yeah, that that sort of shows how crazy things can be. But bottom line, Rick Barnes is still at Tennessee. He'll be making more money. I imagine he'll be signing an extension, uh, at least with a pretty decent raise, maybe a huge raise. Uh, but as we've reported uh, before, as we mentioned before, uh, Rob Lanier, Barnes' right-hand man in rebuilding the Tennessee basketball program, is off to Georgia State uh, to be 
the head coach. Uh, congratulations to Rob. I've enjoyed every interaction I've had with him. He's been a straight-up dude. He's been a good guy, and he deserves a lot of credit for helping Barnes sort of restore Tennessee basketball uh, back to relevance. Uh, so he's gone, and I don't know if it's been formally announced, but Tennessee will be adding uh, an assistant coach, Grant, and you can fill us in more on him. Yeah, Kim English uh, played at Missouri uh, about a decade ago, uh, faced Barnes when, when Barnes was in the Big 12 and Missouri was in the Big 12. Uh, he played one year for Frank Haith at Missouri. Uh, he ended up being, I think, the 44th overall pick in the NBA draft and, and played a year at the Pistons and did some stuff overseas uh, and, and got his start coaching under Frank Haith. Frank Haith is a former Barnes assistant from the uh, early years, I think 01 to 04 at Texas. Uh, played for Haith, coached for Haith. Uh, he actually re- replaced Mike Schwartz on the Tulsa staff with Haith when Barnes hired Schwartz three years ago uh, to replace Chris Ogden. So uh, it's it's a pretty direct tie. Um, I think he's he's one of the he made a he made a thirty for thirty uh, up and coming kind of who's who list in college basketball uh, a couple of years ago. He's a young guy. Obviously, he works with guards. Uh, and, and kind of the scouting report on him is he's a really hard worker uh, and he's pretty well balanced in terms of scouting, player development and recruiting. Uh, it's, it's hard to, to outwork him is, is what somebody told me. And, and, and it felt like the reaction from Colorado uh, when when the news broke that he was coming to Tennessee, they were almost kind of surprised that uh, he was making a move and it wasn't to a head coach. Uh, it wasn't taking over a smaller program and getting his shot as a head coach. And he's only, you know, 30 years old. Uh, so, so he's a, he's a bright guy. Uh, he's got a lot of, uh, a lot of momentum in his career. He seems to be climbing the ladder quick and, and yeah, congrats to, to Rob Lanier. Uh, he's a quiet dude. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if you could really convey how much the players respected and looked up to him and how big of a part he was yes. in building Tennessee basketball the last couple of years. Uh, he was kind of like, uh, when you watched him in practice, it was like Rick chews a guy out and goes off on somebody. Uh, and then Rob kind of talks it down and kind of translates it and tries to kind of spin it forward. He was almost kind of like a whisperer. Uh, he's a really good recruiter. He's a really good scout guy, too. Uh, some of their biggest wins were scouts from Rob Lanier. So uh, he'll be missed, but he's going to Georgia State, and he's got a ton of talent around him. Uh, and his son, Emery, uh, a 2020 kid, a 6'3 point guard uh, at Webb School. He'll stay at Webb School for his senior year in Knoxville, but I, I would assume he goes down there. Uh, in place for his dad at Georgia State, that would be a pretty cool situation. Yeah, and, and this is a guy who, again, this is a really, they're just an impressive family. His wife is a, is a doctor. They've been great in the community. And he, he and his wife are so close to Rick that he, he's told me several times it would have taken a really special opportunity for him to go. And then you go, wait, Georgia State, is that really a special opportunity? Well, you're in downtown Atlanta for one. You know, you're right there. Uh, that program has been in the tournament a few times lately that that's a program that they've recently done a lot to kind of upgrade facilities and status. And, you know, you can't ask for being, I mean, you could throw a rock in any direction and get a team down there. So you've got an ability to do something there. And and so I think that was a good enough opportunity for him to go. Uh, Obviously he's replacing a man who had a a good amount of success there. Uh, And I know that, that deep down Rob Lanier Want I know he, he really liked being with Rick Barnes. He loved it. If he had never left Knoxville, he'd just stayed with Rick. I think he'd have been okay. But, you know, he had a tenure as a head coach early in his career at, at Siena, and it didn't go great. And, and you got, as a competitor, you have to want to make up for that. And I think it's a natural thing for him to want to go do that and get the thing, you know, kind of – it's just something that you, you have to do for yourself almost as much as anything. And, and so I, I wish him luck in that. He was a great dude to deal with. And I'll say this also about Kim English. A couple things. One, Tennessee's coaching staff just got taller because he's six foot six, uh, and, and he averaged about fourteen point seven or fourteen point six points a game as a senior. Uh, did get drafted in the NBA, played a little bit overseas. And, and here's something else I like: his hometown, Baltimore, Maryland. That gets you. Uh, you know, Rick Barnes has some contacts there because of uh, Kevin Durant. And so there's a lot of basketball talent in the Beltway, and I think that opens up another avenue in recruiting for Tennessee to uh, to get in there because Rick coached at George Washington, you know, recruited Kevin Durant and some others from that area, and Kim English is from there too. So now you know that 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 gives you more strength in a pretty good area of the country to be a good recruiter. So I think a lot of those things 
do help. And, and we'll see now what happens with, with Des Oliver. Uh, we'll see uh, if, ten, if Tennessee has to replace him. Does Schwartz become an associate head coach, or does he get that job anyway? You know, kind of what direction do they take the staff? Uh, there, there's some interesting things here. And, and the fu- the fascinating thing, Grant, is that we thought going into this offseason that the deal with Bone and Williams was going to be the most interesting part of the of the deal. And it still is high on that list, obviously, because Tennessee, if Grant Williams comes back, is maybe a top 10 team. Um, if Grant Williams doesn't go pro, it's you're lucky. You know, you're right there. Maybe, maybe a fringe ranked team. So at least ex- from expectations. Uh, so that's a huge, huge deal. You know, Grant Williams is one of the best players in this program's history. But you just never know here, do you? You just never know when things look like they just possibly couldn't be any calmer for once. Something like this happens. Yeah, and, and you kind of have the ugly drama kind of behind you at this point with Rick having a, a new contract in hand. And it's a it's a uh, kind of the ultimate compliment uh, when other schools are coming after your coaching staff, especially when it's. Uh, multiple schools coming after multiple coaches uh, from your three-man staff. And I think I'm still at the point where I'd be surprised uh, if Des does not get the Kennesaw State job, if, if something doesn't work out there. Uh, the curious thing is it's been kind of in the talks for so long that you wonder what's the holdup. Is it the contract? Is it the money? Um, uh, supposedly it's down down to him and Al Pinkins, the Florida assistant, uh, so, so that should get resolved sometime soon. Former yeah, Vols assistant, you, former Vols assistant too. Right, right. And so and then you figure out, I do think Michael Schwartz is a candidate for that associate head coach title, uh, which would obviously come with a big pay bump, even, even more so than, than whatever's getting reworked with, uh, the, whatever was agreed to with Fulmer, uh, recently. Uh, and if not, uh, Jonas Hayes is another name that's been out there for, uh, probably about a week now. He's a he's a former Georgia big man. Oh yeah, uh, and and coached on the Georgia staff, and and he's at Xavier, so that's another possibility. Uh, if a spot does open up, that maybe uh, maybe they could go in that direction, and and then you have you know not only Bone and Grant Williams' decisions moving forward, but uh, transfers out of the programs, obviously always uh, a possibility in college basketball. So it's it's just now. Uh, we're starting to pick up some momentum kind of into the offseason. Yeah, the, I've said this before. I'll say it again. If nobody wants your head, if nobody wants your coaches, your coaches suck. And, and I don't know right. if that's like a, that's probably the most frank way to put it. But um, if nobody ever wants to hire your coaches, um, you, you're not you're not really doing anything. If you're Tennessee, every single person on this staff basically is is being considered or being desired by other places. And that's just what we know of. That some of the names we know of uh, that, that people are, are being interested. I mean, UCLA has won eleven national championships, uh, and that program wanted your head coach. You know, you've got a couple other programs that have either really wanted or did hire one of your assistant coaches to be a head coach. And I'll tell you right now, uh, if it's not if if it doesn't happen this year, it happens sometime in the near future. Michael Schwartz is going to be a head coach, and he's going to be a good one. Uh, that guy. Uh, has a bright, bright future in this game, and Barnes loves him for a reason. Uh, I think that guy's going to be really successful. He's a, he's a good uh, identifier of talent. Uh, he's a really good basketball coach, and, and I think he's got a future doing this, uh, obviously. So um, they're doing things. People want their guys. That's good, but, you know, you pay them more, Grant. You know, you're, they're, there's going to be oh, more yeah. expectations. They're, they're, they're getting the money there, and, and, uh, and good news for everybody is – uh, Josiah Jordan James will, will be in town uh, on May 8th to get started uh, and Devontae Gaines as well and then Drew Pember in June so uh, that's kind of the the next the next era the next generation whatever of Tennessee basketball uh, will be here uh, in just a matter of weeks it's crazy it is crazy isn't it? is there anything else Grant that's happened in this kind of crazy world wide world week the, of Tennessee that we have not I talked mean, about? Grant Williams did the obvious and declared, and and he'll he'll hire an agent, but obviously he's open to coming back, and that's a that's a whole other topic for a, for a whole different uh, offseason podcast. Yeah, that was going to be this podcast, but whoops. And then uh, Rick hijacked it because uh, it's apparently all about him. Yeah, now, way so. to go! Thanks, Rick. Yeah, Unsel- unselfish, right? Yeah, but uh, no, that, that that's it. Uh, keep an eye on the, the coaching carousel; it's always going to be turning and. Uh, be watching the uh, who who enters the portal. We need a we need a portal uh, live cam. Yeah, we we do have the portal graphic at twenty four seven sports, but we don't have the uh, 
we don't have the the portal live cam yet. So Grant, I guess I'll go ahead and send you on out of here and I'll wrap this thing up. See you later. That was Grant Ramey, the I, I would say the one and only Grant Ramey, but there's probably other Grant Ramey's other places and they're probably better Grant Ramey's. But that's one of the Grant Ramey's who exists in the world and it's the only one who works with us. Uh, and that was him talking just then. Guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, we will, again, reminder, we'll have our football podcast. It's normally on Friday mornings. We'll have that uh, hopefully Sunday morning. We're, we're working on that. We're going to hopefully get some stuff done post-game Saturday night after that 6 p.m. orange and white game. Uh, interesting baseball news. Tennessee beat second-ranked Georgia on uh, Thursday night to kick off that series. So Vols near the top 10 RPI-wise, kind of rebuilding there under second-year coach Tony Vitello, doing some good, th- good things. Also, congrats to Kelly Harper, uh, former Kelly Jolly, I guess you could say, uh, for being the new Tennessee women's basketball coach. Uh, a lot of people wanted them to stay in the family for whatever you know for whatever reason that's really really important to them and so they got someone in the family and we'll see what she does with it Uh, but thanks for tuning in this week guys as always you can find all of us on social media Uh, i'm west record 24 7 on twitter grant ramey is at twitter.com slash grant ramey ryan callahan's on twitter at twitter.com slash ryan callahan 24 7 patrick brown is on twitter at twitter.com slash pbrown247 our staff account twitter.com slash govoss247 uh, you can get all of the uh, all of the news there that's the just the facts ma'am or just the facts sir portion of our social media you can also go to our facebook page facebook.com slash govoss247 uh, we're really proud of everything we've done there we've got a lot of good stuff on that page you can go there and get a lot of content uh, throughout the day updates usually every couple hours every day all day so plenty of good stuff there or if you want to drink straight from the hose you can go to govols247.com we got a lot of good specials right now uh, some 30 percent off packages on on annual subscriptions so lots of good stuff there and if you think the stuff on this podcast is good uh, you really ought to go to that website uh, govols247.com because that's all of this and a whole lot more uh, and if you don't want to subscribe, if you just want to go read, we also have a lot of good free options there. A lot of sites just have everything behind the paywall. Not us. We've got a nice combination of free stuff and also uh, some VIP stuff. You can go search any player. You can search their archive, go through the photo galleries, track them from high school all the way to the pros. We've got all that 24-7 sports. We're really excited about everything we've built here the past decade. Uh, so go check us out, govols247.com. In the meantime, uh, we'll catch you all here in just a couple days.